happy. You got to be happy. Come on, be happy. Sing a little song. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast on tour, and this week my guest is the awesome Nikki McNeil, who I'm going to name the Queen of Clubhouse. Woo! <laughs> and she she really is amazing, and more of that later. Um, so this is our on tour series, and it is so great that you're listening. And um, I just got fed up of Zoom, so I thought, right, let's go and meet the guests. So I'm sitting with Nikki in Brighton. So Nikki, welcome. Hi, how are you doing? I'm thanks, really thanks well. Thanks for visiting me on your tour. Thank you. Oh well, it's my absolute delight, and I'm thank you so much for giving me some time because uh, I have to say, Nikki is one of the best global publicity people that I know. Um, I've worked in and around Nikki. I've watched her work over the years, and we'll talk a little bit more about that um, after I've done the bio. And I'm just going to introduce all the different things that Nikki's done. So Nikki founded Global Publicity in 2007. She specializes in worldwide PR and communications for music's music. I'm going to do that again. Nikki founded Global Publicity in 2007. She specializes in worldwide PR and communications for music festivals and events. She is amazing. She has earned a reputation for hard work and professionalism, delivering effective campaigns that raise the profile of artists, festivals, labels, and music-led events around the world. With over 20 years of music experience, Nikki can be found regularly contributing to industry panels, at music conferences around the globe and over lockdown she has become the queen of clubhouse and um, I'm on clubhouse too but Nikki has done amazing things and I personally first of all want to thank her for all her encouragement to me in my journey on clubhouse so let's get started Nikki tell me about yourself how did you get here to Brighton how did you get into publicity how did you end up one of the best in the business Wow, Sally, I don't really know what to say there. That's true. I, I feel quite, I'm quite blushing now. It's <laughs> lovely of you to say those nice things. Um, Absolutely true. Yeah, normally I love saying nice things about everyone else. <laughs> and I always find, I think it's maybe, is it an English thing? We find yeah. it difficult to accept compliments and it's Probably. a bit strange, but it's very lovely of you to say. All so true. The feeling is mutual. Thank you. Um, wow, how did I get here? Um, Wow, that's a big question. It is a big question. I'm thinking if I was a student doing PR, I've just finished my degree or master's, how on earth do you leverage your career? How, how do you do it? What's, what are the secrets? Okay, well, I guess when I was at university, I did uh, a degree in uh, media and business in Manchester many years ago. Uh, but what I did when I was there in my holidays, I did a lot of work experience. Uh, and that was the key for me. So I would, I think I did work experience at a radio station, um, a record label, you know, and I just tried to get in there and learn and be seen and meet people. And I think that kind of really helped kind of moving forward to give me an idea yeah. of what I liked doing, what I thought I wanted to do. Uh, a bit of an overview of the business working in different departments and then once you've made some connections then you can kind of pitch for those jobs and sometimes if you're an intern or your work experience there might be a job there yeah that's um, so that's true. kind of what I did but unfortunately back then when I did come to applying for jobs you know I did get 
lots of rejection letters so do be thick-skinned and be prepared for that yeah. and I actually had to start way way at the bottom as a receptionist at oh, V2 really? Records. V2 Records and I remember them <laughs> my gosh when they an imprint of Virgin V2 um, or not? It was the one that Richard Branson ran because yeah. I think he yeah. kind of um was, did he buy the name or something? I don't yeah. know. But it was like V2, I think it was after Virgin. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it was their lovely office in Holland Park Avenue, <sighs> which was really lovely. So yeah, that was my first job. I think nice. I actually even made tea for Richard Branson. That's, that is a claim to fame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how did you go from receptionist to publicist? What was that sort of journey about? And um, yeah, I guess it was just trying to work your way up the ladder, really. You know, show that you're enthusiastic, work hard, you know, keep telling people I'd love to move up if I wanted to. Um, actually, I always remember there was a guy called David Steele who ran the marketing department at V2. And I did say to him, I'd love to stay late and learn if there's a job wow. coming up, etc. Uh, when the job did come up, the postboy got it and not me. That's so I was rubbish. I was completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, yeah um, so eventually. But it didn't put you off. Well, it did put me off a little bit, but I still knew that's what I really yeah. wanted to do. I knew I had to find a way. Uh, and then my next move was to um, Pioneer, actually. Huh. Uh, they were setting up their own record label. So I managed to get a job there as promotions coordinator. So that was my next yeah. move. And did you enjoy working at Pioneer? I loved it. It was, really? a, it was actually a massive culture shock, though, because the way... Uh, they do business there is very different and there were these kind of two or three people running the label who were very kind of loud or seen as a bit like what are you doing here and I don't think they understood each other but it was definitely a, a learning curve. Nice and um, from Pioneer where did you go then? Uh, from Pioneer I went to Neo. Neo oh, okay. Records. Uh, if any, if everyone, if anyone's listening, you'll have probably heard this record in the gym or supermarket. It's Darude Sandstorm. Oh yes! It was the first track I think that was signed from MP3. Wow! So that's, I love Darude. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was one of the artists I worked on huh. uh, there, which was lovely. Um, in, and I think it was things like Bass Toy Running. Uh, what else was there? Oh, and I got to work on things like Roller Girl, which is a bit crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's a, a, a hugely eclectic label, like mainly with dance music at yeah. the time. I suppose then it was like what they say EDM is now, but obviously in the UK we don't like calling it EDM, it's more electronic music. But I suppose then it was called Trance. Yeah. You know, when Judge Jules had his big show on Radio One and he had his own label, Sirius, and there was the New Life label that Dave Pierce had, obviously Defective was then. It was loads of those independent small labels then doing electronic music. I don't wow. know, it was, it was a good time then, I think. Yeah, it, I love to read and he's, every time I go to ADE, I always stop and have a little chat yeah, with him. he's, he's always there. He's so lovely. He is, he always remembers me as well. I remember having to drive him round to all the Radio 1 road shows because <laughs> back then lots of the independent radio stations had their own road shows. So, you know, you would be going to different cities, taking him there because obviously when you're in the, the top 10 charts, yeah. you have to do these things. So wow. I've been on the, actually I got a speeding fine for him <laughs> I'll never forget one day because we didn't have email so much then yeah, you know yeah. it was all by fax or whatever I remember that I don't think he'd read his um itinerary properly right. so before I left home I've called him to say are oh, you at the hotel I'm on my way to pick you up and he sounded really sleepy and he was like 
oh no, Nikki, I didn't know where my hotel was. I've slept at the, hotel, at the airport. Oh no. I was horrified because it was one of my first jobs. He's a big artist. I was only like 20 something. So obviously I jumped in the hire car, raced down to kind of get him and I got done for speeding. No. So I got a ticket and I got three points. Oh no. Um, because we had to pick up him and the dancers yeah. and then get, I think it was a Radio 1 <laughs> big weekend road show wow. as well in like Middlesbrough or something oh, so I had to get yes. from Heathrow to there and we were very late uh, and I think we just about made it so as oh, soon as we were goodness. there he had to kind of get on stage so it was it was quite wow. hair raising yeah the price you pay for your work yes <laughs> a ticket and three points yes insurance that's but we deal. love you Phil yeah <laughs> he's such he's a lovely lovely man so we send you love if you listen to this so um for people listening, um, my question is really, you know, what do you do day to day as a publicist? And can you give any examples of what you're working on right now? We're in April 2021 and we're coming out of lockdown and events are opening and festivals are opening. So what, what is your day to day life like? Can you give some examples or share yeah, what you're working on? Of course. Yeah. I mean, most of it isn't actually very glamorous. Most of it is probably being stuck in front of my laptop, as yes. most people are, but for very long hours a day. Uh, you know, working in PR and communications is very labour intensive. Yeah. Gone are the days of sending out a press release and it'll automatically appear. Yeah. You know, journalists' inboxes are overflowing as are ours. Um, so you're constantly having to follow up with one-to-one, yeah. you know, emails. You know, we don't tend to call people so much anymore. Um, I have noticed that WhatsApp is now the new email. Yeah. And everyone's messaging for work on WhatsApp. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all these messages going off there as well. Um, but yeah, um, definitely lots of work, lots of emailing and chasing people. Yeah. And at the moment... Um, I suppose it's coming up to the summer season. So, you know, we'd be working on events. So it's mainly looking for pre-event coverage for events we're working on. So obviously you want those secure, those news stories, yeah. features, but also a lot of media partnership discussions. So it kind of crosses over with marketing a bit. So yeah. you have to have knowledge of kind of adverts and, yeah. you know, social media and stuff to kind of put those deal templates together yeah. uh, for each different media you want to work with. Yeah. Um, and then, hopefully this year we'll still be able to do some press trips yeah uh, so that's another thing I get involved in obviously it's an amazing when you get to show people a good time yeah. at, at festivals you know often journalists uh, can be quite young and sometimes it's one of their first trips abroad to a festival yeah. so that's always very rewarding yeah. you know when you can show someone a good time yeah. it's their first experience and you've been there so yeah, that, yeah. I, re I really love that feeling I bet and, and what kind of advice do you have for sort of younger journalists and publicists you know if if you're leading them how what should they be doing how can they be take the you know the greatest advantage of this opportunity that you're leading them on when they're at the festival yeah 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 well, I guess my job is to show them every aspect. So we yeah. try and give them all the information. Yeah. Uh, we try and give them a tour of the site so we can yeah. show them the different stages, you know, the things they might miss, the little nooks and crannies of yeah. what's going on. And, and we also like to show them a bit of the culture of the place. So visit the town or city that they're near, eat the local food, drink the local drink, meet the local people. Yeah, you know, normally, um, you know, you have uh, one of the local 
PR professionals working at the event working alongside me so it might be me and then a person actually from the festival in that country so you get kind of both of us so they answer yeah. a lot of the questions on the locality you know they want to know about the music scene in that country mm. the genres that are popular the club scene there the music scene so yeah. it's kind of to give them a flavor of a bit of everything that's not just great. the festival yeah yeah that's a it's a fantastic job and I know from my um, experience at Glastonbury, you have people from, come from all over the world and sometimes when a festival is massive, it's kind of like, where do you start or how do you condense that for people? And um, yeah, it's a very important job, I think. I mean, it's probably going to take you all day to give them a tour oh, of Glastonbury. <laughs> I mean, my responsibility is really for the dance field. But yeah, it's a huge area, so you can't do everything. So, um, but, but yes... And can you tell me about anything that you're working on right now? Um, my favourite festival, for example, is ADE in October. You you work so hard on that event. Is, is that all going ahead? And are you working on that right now? I am indeed. Um, also, they've just announced uh, a series of uh, online talks and panels leading up to ADE. Fantastic. I've been seeing those. They're great, actually. Really good, yeah, aren't yeah, yeah, they? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's great to get the whole electronic music community involved. They're all free to view for yeah. anybody. Um, so that's something we're working on as kind of that kind of works as pre-event promotion as well. Yeah. Um, and then we're working on kind of media coverage at the moment, partnerships, and uh, yeah. So that's all exciting. Oh, that's exciting. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing you in Amsterdam in 2021. Definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to dig a bit deeper now, and one of the reasons why I chose you, Nikki, is I see you as a very successful person and what you do. And I think to be successful, you have to have a very strong character. What would you describe as some of your career successes? And, and what kind of one character trait that you could pick out has underpinned your success? Wow, that is a hard question. I mean, most of us don't look at ourselves or think of ourselves in that yeah. way, do we? So it's quite difficult. It's a difficult question, but it's, it's helpful, I think, for other people wanting to achieve success, to understand what motivates you and, and what are those characteristics that you've personally worked on? Because I know you will have. So, yeah. for example, like when you got that knockback from V2, was it? Yeah, V2. Yeah. You know, why did you carry on? Why? Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It's really lovely, actually, having these kind of conversations yeah. because then it does make you think. Yeah. You know, why do I do what yeah, I do? Yeah. How do I do what I do? Yeah. I mean, that's probably the most successful thing I can think of is when I had was brave enough to leave the company I was working for and set up on my own. You know, when I launched Global Publicity in 2007 you know I remember lots of my friends telling me you can do it you can do it why are you still working there you know and I think it probably took me maybe a year or two years after that to actually believe it myself yeah. I think you have to believe it and feel you can do it even if someone's telling you you can you can so that took me a little bit longer uh, but I think I am a workaholic. I think I take after my parents. I probably yeah. have a strong work ethic. Yes. Uh, maybe too much. You know, so you do have to work hard. You know, mm. you can't switch off when you're working for yourself. It's very difficult to create yeah. boundaries. If you want to maintain a client and they're messaging you late at night yeah. or early in the morning because something needs doing, what do you do? You yeah. have to kind of be available. So yeah. I suppose that was a life choice for me. You know, I realized that 
I may have to work when I'm on holiday. I may have to work every day, just keeping up to date on emails so I'm not behind. But I guess it's a choice that I can then lead the life I want, where I can work for myself, choose my clients, work on things I really believe in. Yeah. Because I think as I've progressed, I've become, you know, um, yeah, as I've progressed, I've been in a situation where... I can choose more what I do. So I really want to work on with people I like uh, and respect on events I like. So you can truly believe, you know, in what you're doing. Uh, You know, when I first started, I probably, like I said, I had to work on things like roller girl or things I I didn't really like or believe in. So how can you be trusted as a publicist if you're working just anything that, you know, might may Mm. or may not like. So I think working for yourself enables you to pick and choose. So hopefully I have an authenticity that I only work on things I really like. So then when I'm coming to people with things, they know I do believe in it and I do really like it. So I think that's been the key for me. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, I think people smell bullshit basically. And if you have an authentic voice and people can see your work, it, it, it speaks for itself. Yeah, I think I pride myself on definitely hard work and honesty. I think yeah. that's really important to me. Absolutely. You know? And also, you know, most of my clients I've worked with for over 10 years, you know, some 15 or more. Uh, and I think when you've worked with someone for so long, you can then have those honest conversations yeah. when something isn't right. And you can be frank about that and find a solution. Whereas when you're just starting new, it's really difficult to say, well, actually, this isn't working because then yeah. you're worried about being fired or, yeah. or it comes across in the wrong way. But when you've had that long relationship, it's much easier. So yeah. I find that really works for me. Brilliant points. Brilliant points. I think we're going to move on to Clubhouse now. Um, <laughs> so Clubhouse. Well, how would you define what Clubhouse is? Because interesting, I was speaking to a friend, a lawyer the other day, and he hadn't even heard of Clubhouse. So I immediately got him onto Clubhouse and he was having chats instantly about NFTs and et cetera, et cetera. So what is Clubhouse or how can you define Clubhouse? I mean, to me, I guess it's an audio app where you can just have real time conversations. Anyone can set up a room anytime they want, or you can schedule a room. Uh, You can choose your speakers. You can invite people on stage to speak. I think it's much more of a discussion than a set in stone panel that you might normally have at a conference. I think it's a bit more interactional and obviously it's not recorded. So you're there in the moment. People seem to be more willing to say things they might not otherwise uh, and it just kind of goes with the flow. Like someone might set up a room as soon as Glastonbury, you know, has announced something. Someone yeah. might set up a room and go, oh, what do we think about the new acts and outs for Glastonbury? Yeah. You know, so it can be very reactive. I agree. Um, I, for me, it's been an incredibly special place. I mean, I was in a room with, I think you met, you told me about it, Mark Zuckerberg and the head of Spotify. And I was yes. actually in that room because someone dropped out and then I thought this is incredible I'm actually listening to their views on how life is going to go post lockdown and it was just an incredible experience to- I remember because I think there was a guy from Shopify on there as well yeah. there was the three of them so it was so interesting and like Absolutely. you say how or where else would I be in that situation yeah. listening to that real-time conversation yeah yeah, no, it's true. So, so how on earth did you ever get onto it? I, I'm going to call you the queen of Clubhouse <laughs> because you've almost got 3,000 followers now and you were an early adopter. How did you end up there? Or? It was actually uh, Harriet JW from oh, Secret yes. Sessions and Beademic 
they did a talk on women in music and they sent me an invite and said, you must, will you support us and listen to the conversation? So I joined. Uh, Bee's actually on my page now forever because she invited uh. me. Um, and I just got into it that way. And, you know, um, Harriet was very active on it. She's doing amazing things on there yeah. as well with her Girls to the Front uh, podcast and yes. uh, sessions on Clubhouse. And I just kind of followed Harriet a little bit, I think. Yeah. So, hey, Harriet, thank you. Um, and well, that's, then, that's really interesting because I'm actually going to see Harriet tomorrow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and Harriet is someone who I met through Clubhouse. And I just thought, I love what you're saying. You're making total sense. She's an absolute superstar. She is an amazing. Yeah, because yeah. I knew of her from the Secret I didn't Sessions. Even know, I, didn't even know of, I didn't even know the Secret Sessions. So, I mean, like, yeah, and nothing. Then, and isn't it weird that you've known of someone for so long, but yeah. then you actually speak together on Clubhouse? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wow, we've been messaging, trying yeah. to help each other. Sometimes she sits on my chats, mm. you know, because I'm like, and I try and support her. So yeah. you support each other. And she's doing amazing things for women in music. She is. And then I kind of found, fell into a kind of American group of industry people, and they were doing lots of talks because I think the app was, you know, um, out in America first. Yeah. There's a lot of American music industry people on there. there. So I fell into a lot of those talks, but you, you kind of end up going down a rabbit hole because some of them start their talks at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and then you're there yeah. at like 1am in this chat with some like dead mouse or, you know, and then you're just like, what am I doing? Also, there's a guy called Ted Cohen, very big industry guy in America, is on chats all the time, you know, and you're like, yeah, it's amazing talking to these people, but what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I at one point I was just listening to it the whole time. I'm <laughs> I'm less so now, but it, it it's really interesting. And if you're not on Clubhouse, then reach out to Nikki and I. We'll send you an invitation, and you we'll can definitely help you out. I mean, yes. I mean, I, I just linked up with some friends, and we decided to do a talk once a week on a different topic in the music yeah. industry. So I love that. What's it called again? The... It's Music Industry Insights. Yes, it's very good. And yeah, and the thing is, I'm learning as well because yeah. I don't know everything. You know, I yeah. don't know about NFTs. I don't know everything about publishing. You know, yeah. I don't know about everything about radio promotion. You know, so it's great yeah. to learn and give back. So I really love it as a space for learning and giving back. That's a great summary. So if you're not on Clubhouse, get yourself on Clubhouse. Nikki and I are massive fans and we love it. And we like you, I've learned so much and I will continue to learn. And yeah, it's a two-way street of giving and receiving. Okay, so have we done characteristics? Yes. Yes, yes, you said authentic, you said authentic voice, didn't you? Okay. Yeah, we did on. that. I okay. did workaholic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Nikki, looking back at the past and from a position of strength that you're in now, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? You know, you're coming out of university. What would you do again? What would you avoid? Um, or positive points? You think you did stuff well? You know, looking back at that person... I would say that to know your worth, because I think back then I didn't, and I was always terrified about asking for a raise, you know, asking for a promotion, because I knew there was a hundred other people queuing up around the street who'd want my job because it's so competitive, probably still like it is now. And I think I was too frightened to ask. And I thought, oh, no, if I ask, I might lose my job. What will go wrong? So I didn't, and I didn't know my worth. And I think that's something I think everyone should try mm -hmm. to do 
uh, moving forward. You know, even now when I'm pitching for things now and you put your kind of fee or your retainer, I'm still like shaking and nervous as I press that send button. You know, it's a really hard thing. It is. It it doesn't seem to get any easier. Although for me, I'm starting to really... Uh, fill my boots with those positions and I'm really happy to say that's what I'm worth take it or leave it because I'd prefer not to have the work if you're not going to pay me and that's properly. definitely good advice so I would say <laughs> definitely knowing my worth okay think what other things I did or did wrong I don't know I mean you probably did lots of things right I mean as you're telling your story the thing that I'm hearing from you is that actually you have a huge resilience and even when things go wrong that you just keep on going and my reflections are that 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 characteristic is hugely valuable you this industry is a hard industry you'll get lots of knockdowns but you just have to keep on you need laser focus and i do think that you have that well hopefully i mean you still it's still upsetting sometimes when things don't go right and you get very stressed and anxious and you know and you know something doesn't go right for a client and you've got to fix it you know I think you have to think on your feet very quickly as well in our job if something doesn't go right clients desperate for particular media or coverage you've got to get it somehow and you are so stressed and don't sleep until that happens so that is sometimes an issue Uh, um you know sometimes I think I'm too old for this stress (laughs) (laughs) but you know I suppose that that is something that does come up yeah, and, and it will come up, you know, things do go wrong or the artist might make some interesting choices and you have to manage that in the media. Yeah. So I think you just have to be prepared for it, really. Yes, it's all about anticipation of what could yes. go wrong and how you deal with it because uh, what will go wrong probably will go wrong at some point. Um, so, yeah, it's just learning not to uh, freak out when these things happen and just have a plan, backup plan of how yeah. to deal with it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. You know, if I think on a day-to-day basis, things go wrong all the time. You know, nothing goes your way all the time and you've always got to fix something mm-hmm. or do something. So, yeah, like a journalist might miss a flight somewhere, so you have to fix that, you know. So, yeah. Do you think you're getting better at it? Do you think you're more relaxed or not? If you well, no, no, don't yeah, worry. But, but I'm just yeah. interested. I, I mean, I hope I am more relaxed. I think I don't think. Te- I think I don't take things as personally. Yeah, now. That's I key. think when I was younger, I think because you know, when you're in your twenties, you're still trying to find your feet, find your friendship mm. groups. You know, find where you fit in. So I think I took things very personally then. Mm. Whereas now I'm just like, well, yeah, it's, it's stressful and I've got to fix it. But I know it's like, they still love me. It's fine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can still call them up tomorrow and they'll help me with the next thing. But, you know, it's not personal. So, but I think that's only something you learn with experience, isn't it? So it's fine for me telling young people, know your worth, you know, how, you know, um, this kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think you learn these things mm. along your way. Yeah, I think superb, superb advice. And then I'm going to turn it around again and say, what is the best piece of advice you have received? And did you act on it? Is there any advice that you've received? Oh, Lord. Um, Hmm. I don't know if I have, actually. That's going to be a really hard one. Mm. Well, we can come back to it. Yeah, I'm not sure I can answer that one. Um, Trying to think how to do that. Don't um, worry, we'll yeah, come back I'm not to sure it. I can answer that one. We can either. I don't want to be negative, but I, yeah. I don't. I don't really remember getting much help. I know. <laughs> well, no. Well, I'm exactly the same. That's why I've asked the question because yeah. most of the time I feel like I've just done it entirely by myself. 
I mean, I'm not sure I actually, I can't remember any, I can't remember any advice specifically I got because I, I think when I started, I found it quite competitive yeah. and I, I didn't seem to have anyone that took me under their wing to help show me or help me grow. I found in most of my jobs, it was like, here's the job, find out how to do it, learn about it and get on with it. Yeah. So although I was given the autonomy, I didn't really have that nurturing yeah. of working at a big label where you get shown yeah. and you get given the contacts. And so I felt that. But there was um, one lady actually called Lisa Blofeld, who I remember when I worked at Neo and I was doing a lot of the regional radio promotion and she had done a lot of that before at London Records um, and Chrysalis, I think. And she did actually take me under her wing a bit oh. and she went to some of the appointments with me and really kind of led me and showed me the way a bit. So I think I do have, you know, I feel very grateful that she helped me with that. So that's yeah. one person I do really remember who helped me. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great story. And sometimes we just need that one person really to yeah. stand with us. And I, I think too, reflecting on it, that's why I'm a great believer in mentoring. You know, she said so, we've both been involved in the She Said So mentoring programs because I think it's so essential to give a hand up to the women coming through in the industry. And it's so valuable because like you, I really have just kind of done it myself. Yeah, and we it would fell into it yeah, and, and I would have, somehow. Yes, exactly, somehow. But I would have loved someone to supported me um so that's why i'm i'm a massive believer in mentoring and i think it's super effective so hard times and survival responses um we've just been through a really difficult year and there's an excellent song out by uh, uh bless madonna maria you know we lost dancing it's my favorite tune at the moment and i guess it's sort of like reflecting on when we have had difficult times how have you managed them and you know have you got any encouragement or advice to those people who are in hard times now how do we continue when it sometimes just feels like we can't it's it's a massive question so pick any elements of of, <laughs> of that you know yeah um I mean, as I said before, I'm a workaholic and I think whenever I'm in a situation of stress or fight or flight scenario, I just work even harder and I just throw myself into work because I, I feel that I need a distraction to keep busy, to stop me sitting there overthinking things and worrying. Um, I also find I need structure in the day. So I still, even though when work completely stopped with everything, I got up at the same day, I still went to my laptop, I still tried to do things, you know, like you, started yeah. my own podcast. So it's like, yeah. fill the time, keep busy, yes. keep having structure, I'm still working, don't yeah. fall apart. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am a great believer in creating structure in your day, getting up at the same time, you know, having structure, and it helps, it, it, it brings kind of a security. Um, and I think it's a really helpful thing when everything is all over the place. So yeah, thank you for that advice. I think that's brilliant. I think the other thing I did was I just got involved in everything because I wanted right. to help, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad, because I'm yeah. not very good at saying no and realizing that I yeah. can't do everything. Um, so there were lots of uh, fundraising things going yes. on. So I got involved in United We Stream in Brighton. Yes. There was one in Manchester as well. So I did that. I was like, what can I do to help? Then I ended up working with the NTIA. Thinking, yes. Can you talk about a bit about that? Because I've got other, other friends that are involved in it. And oh. I think it's brilliant. 
So my friend Biff is involved in it. Oh, um, yeah, he's on a lot of the calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, my friend Billy from the Brighton Music Conference oh, right. introduced me to Michael yeah. Kill. Um, you know, it was just like, what can I do to help? So I just started yeah. sending out some press releases to help and support. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of really clicked and it's kind of ended up more of a full-time thing, you know, Amazing. whereas... What does NT, for those who don't know, NT... IA, is it? Yeah, it's the Nighttime Industries Association. That's right. So it kind of covers all the nighttime economy. So, yeah. you know, mainly kind of bars, clubs, casinos, you know, most of yeah. nightlife. Uh, but it also, for me at the time when nothing was going on, it kind of saved me a bit because I yeah. felt like I'm doing something, but I'm doing I'm something, something for good. Yeah. I can help here. And also it learned me a lot more about what goes on in the background of the industry. When you're in these calls, when you're learning about how things work, how you can make change, you know, yes, it's very slow. And I know people get frustrated with that. But when you have to go through government, talk to MPs, it takes time. Yeah. But, you know, so, you know, the fact that I could help and learn was, yeah. was a really lovely thing, you know, to be part of. And then there was also a group in Brighton, the Brian Epic Group. So I got involved in that as well. <laughs> so now I have all these amazing networks, though, that everyone was so excited about coming together and supporting each other that there's all these different groups that are still kind of continuing, even yeah. though we've come out of lockdown. So I think that is a really valuable thing. So I really hope those will continue and, you know, I can make the most of those new amazing connections. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think... Well, working for the nighttime economy to get it changed at you know the legislative level makes all the difference because you can project lights onto buildings you can do all this stuff but actually you want things changed in law for the better for the the music industry for the electronic music industry so you've done an amazing bit of work there and well it's mainly Michael Kill he him and his team are absolutely amazing they are but well done you for getting involved (laughs) on that yeah it does feel good to help a little bit like I say I think you get to a certain point in your career and most of the time you know you end up well you know I've got enough money to survive you know I've got you know what can I do now you know it it, I don't think it's job satisfaction just earning more money I think you have to do something else or give a bit more or I don't know just I I totally agree well done you I I absolutely 100% which is why you're doing your podcast as well yeah exactly so looking at your personal life what habits and practices do you have in place to make you effective you know is that exercise how do you look after yourself do you are you a meditator or are you a runner or you walk on the beach or in beautiful Brighton what do you do to look after yourself I'm probably really bad at this actually because I speak to loads of other people who do lots of self-care meditation they've got a life coach you know they do they put all this time and effort into themselves I am rubbish you know I don't really think about those things you know yes I do like going for walks on the seafront I try and do that every day or I get my bike out when it's not too windy and go for a bike ride so I'm big on exercise yeah I used to love doing crossfit stuff in the gym and all those hit things but a lot of those classes can't happen anymore because I'm more of a high intensity kind of uh, training person yeah Uh, but yeah so I've had to kind of forfeit those a bit in the pandemic so I'm really looking forward to getting back to the gym and doing that but I think if I don't go out for a walk or do some exercise, I probably am feeling a bit fidgety. So yeah. I suppose my probably thing is I've got to get active, got to be active. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think the benefits of walking and cycling are documented. So I think that sounds great to me. And <laughs> living in wonderful Brighton, it's just so beautiful here along that it's just a massive seafront. I think so. that's really helped me. You know, I live a few hundred yeah. metres from, from the, the seafront. Sea. So, it's uh, you know, I'm very lucky and that really did help. Yeah, I'm not very good at relaxing at all. 
Uh, I think, again, I just like to keep busy instead of relaxing. So most some people might sit and read the paper on a Sunday and listen to some nice music. I have to be busy and listen to some music. <laughs> you know, I always find something yeah. to do, you know, and, and have an infinitely long list of things I want to yes. achieve at the weekend. And you don't get through any of them. But, you know... <laughs> Well, I have to say your, you, your house is beautiful, so... Uh, you know, I'm probably a bit obsessed with cleaning as well. So, yeah, love <laughs> a good hoover and a dust and a clean. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> well, you can come around to my house. Yes, no, it's beautiful here. Um, my last question, really, is advice for the next generation. If someone was coming to work for you on, your, on one of your global publicity teams, what qualities would you look for in them? You know, what makes a great team player... How would a staff member sort of support you? What, what are you looking for on a CV or if you're going to employ someone for a job? What do you need and want? You've got to see that passion for the industry as well. You know, like why do they want to do it? Um, I think because I tend to work remotely and not in an office, that can be harder for young people kind of stepping onto the ladder. Um, I've had that before where we've had interns who've moved up and they really needed that office environment to make buddies with, you know, uh, like you see a lot of the TV shows based around friends at work and their lives. And obviously, you know, we haven't had that during the pa pandemic with uh, remote working. And in my work, we don't tend to have that. You know, yeah. you might meet once a week and work together. So, you know, for me, I would look for someone with their own initiative. They can just get on with things. They don't wait to be told what to do. They could look at my list and go, oh, I've done this. What, why don't I do this as well? You know, you want someone to look at broader and come up with their own ideas, yeah. you know, and help me find better solutions to do things. You know, I've been in the industry for a long time. You know, there's probably new ways of doing things. You know, I want to learn from someone else as well. So it's, you know, don't be afraid to suggest things or come up with your own ideas as well beyond the list of things you're given to do so yeah initiative and having your own ideas I say yeah I like that I like anyone who says hey have you thought of doing it this way or I can think of a quicker way of doing it exactly they can be on my team so I guess it's any day exactly <laughs> I guess it's just having the confidence and being brave to say that you know yeah. I won't be offended it's just learning mm. the right way to say it absolutely you know? yeah so encouragement is take a risk, say that thing or, you know, speak out. What's the worst that can happen? Someone will say, well, whatever, I don't like that. We're going to do it this way and then do it yeah. the way. And obviously let your passion shine through yeah, for what, why you want to be in the industry and why yeah. you should be there. So, Nikki, what's next for you? Have you got any dreams? Have you got any bucket list things that you would like to do, either work or play? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I definitely want to travel again. Yeah. I need that beach holiday with oh. that palm tree oh. in the wind, you know. I yes. definitely need a bit of that. So I've probably got a hit list of countries that yeah. I would like to visit and do that. You know, probably somewhere like, I don't know, the Seychelles. I think I've seen oh. them advertising, you know, beach hut away from everybody, you know, COVID secure. I'm like, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll no. have a bit of that. I'll join you in the beach, in the hut, down the beach. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit, a bit difficult to say in your career, you know, because when you work with a lot of the kind of, I suppose, biggest festivals yeah. in Europe, you know, you're like, where do I go from that? I yeah. guess it's just maybe more giving back, I guess, Absolutely. you know, to see what else I can do 
in that way really yeah and I think what you've done this year has been exactly that to be honest and I've been like you I've ticked off one bucket list and started my podcast yes exactly <laughs> I know that was really hard for me and I love your podcast so well done thank you, you. well the thing is when I first started I did do a student radio show oh. and I actually wanted to be on radio huh. um, but I got so nervous about being in the public eye and what that may or may not entail that I then decided that being promotions behind the scenes would be better for me oh, well you're doing a great job <laughs> and uh, I, I love audio I think that's one of the, the things about podcasts and clubhouse it's very comforting I think just to hear people's stories and how they got to where they were so I'm sure people are going to love to hear all about you and your story my last question really I've set up a book club I'm looking for recommendations for books that you've read that might encourage people in the industry, either personally or a good book. Is there any book that you've read that you think might be helpful or entertaining? It doesn't, it can be fiction or nonfiction. Every book by Seth Godin. Right. Yeah. I'm a fan of Seth Godin. Love him completely. I've got Why all do you like books. him? Why do you like him so much? I've been to see him speak several times as well. Yeah. Um, I just love the way it's easy to understand yeah. and he does move with the times and he always is able to kind of change the perspective to how the industry is changing yeah. or how the world is changing. So yeah. every new book he has, you know, has that new twist on it and how the world has evolved and yeah. changed. So, you know, he's so inspirational when he speaks, he is. you know, he's so, amazing. Yeah. If there's an entry level Seth Godin book, where would you start? I have to go and look at my bookshelf <laughs> now. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll I think put the... one in the notes. I'm going to put one in the notes. Yeah. So okay. People... I don't know. I will have a look. All Nikki's right. Oh. All of them are right. I would say uh, Tribes is a good one. Do you know what I was going to say? Tribes. That's my favorite. Yeah, Tribes is a good one. Uh, Lynchpin. Um, and I guess his new one. This is marketing. Ding. You can't be seen until you learn to see. Very true. He is a genius. Okay, I'm going to put that book in the notes for everyone to read. You know when you see someone who's just a great public speaker and you just yeah. think, oh, I wish I could do that. Yes. I suppose that's a dream. I wish I could be a public speaker like that. because well, you I just, can be. I just fall to pieces and I just wow. can't do it. But yeah, maybe, maybe that's my next thing. Maybe I need to do a TED Talk. In yes. Some I it could be a dream. I do hear you because I used to hate public speaking, but I've just forced myself to do it now. And I just do it all over the place. So... I don't mind speaking on panels or doing yeah, things like yeah, this, yeah. but when you've got to do a whole presentation on your own and remember it yes. and not stumble on your words. And yeah, actually I did do a, a huge mistake once the great escape. I was trying <laughs> to do a presentation, do a talk and you know, when suddenly you lose your place or you spot yeah. someone in the crowd and you just lost it. And I was trying to say how some of the, more mainstream media on press yeah. trips aren't used to the late nights and they lag yeah. behind. Right. And I said slag <laughs> instead. And I was talking Genius. about women's magazines as well. So, and I just wanted to die. That's and you brilliant. know, you can see that somebody's kind of got it and laughing and some people haven't. And you're trying to keep going and pretend you haven't said it, but I really wanted the, the earth to swallow me up. Brilliant. It was so embarrassing. Those things are so embarrassing and I've got an equal story like that where I've just made real mistakes. But I think you just have to just laugh at yourself. That's the only way. I suppose that's actually a good advice to people. Yes. You will make mistakes and you do yeah, have yeah, to yeah. laugh at yourself in the end. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, there's a common theme for everyone that's come on the podcast that 
they've talked quite a lot about failure and that failure is a massive part of success and we just have to get used to failing and not take it personally and you mentioned that before it's a it's a key thing isn't it really so well done you well i want to see you speaking then that's my call to action for you international speaker ted talk nikki <laughs> you heard it here first heard it here first so nikki you've got your own podcast um, yeah. i just want to finish up where can people find you uh, what are all your tags and um if people yeah if people want to follow you where should they go okay it's just called meet me backstage it's basically um about people who work behind the scenes in the music industry but the the link is it's people i've actually met and worked with so not just anyone so yes. it's people in my life who i've worked with that i feel that i want to showcase and yeah. highlight so it's their stories really so yeah, yeah. it's on apple spotify the usual suspects you yeah. know we have the social media pages so yeah hopefully you'll check it out yeah sure and what about instagram where are you instagram clubhouse uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm just uh, Red Nikki on Instagram uh, and Clubhouse. But yeah, come see me out. Well, Nikki, you've been amazing. Thank you for giving me your time. And I really appreciate all that you shared. I think it'll be really helpful for all our listeners. And um, thank you for being on The Secrets of Success. Thank you very much, Sally. Lovely My to see you. Pleasure. Pleasure.